This is what flow from Progressive sounds like in one of our many hilarious commercials. Hi, did you know that you can get a quote on your motorcycle insurance in under three minutes at Progressive.com? And did you know that saying hi makes even bad news sound good? Hi, you have high cholesterol. Hi, you're fine. And this is what that same commercial sounds like on your motorcycle. Hi, there's no more cake. Even our commercials sound better on a bike. And with basic policy starting at $75 a year, Progressive helps keep you on yours. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Annual premium for basic liability policy not available in all states. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. Which means you're going to start telling your kids to clean up before the cleaning lady comes. Doesn't make sense, but you're the parent and they're the kids. You're going to start telling them that now, too. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. And there's your opening to remind them who pays the bills around here. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. This is a Vencast Studios production. Welcome, welcome to Riding the Pine. I am Hondo here with Guy and MTG back in the house. Ooh, you know who's got some potato buns? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I'm holding up a mug that says Canada and it's got a gorgeous moose on it. Um, some potato you missed Canada, hey. you missed Canada Day by one day. I got the panda friend. That would have been let's, spectacular. Let's be clear, we're close to the border. Every day is Canada Day. <laughs> I gotta renew my passport, like ASAP, <laughs> Rocky. Because <laughs> I'm going to Vancouver in a couple weeks, and just realized I have like an expired passport for like three weeks Damn. or three years. Better in like three years. That's that's a little bit different than three weeks. You better yeah. for uh, Trump shuts down uh, whatever bureaus in charge of that. And, like right. no one can get them anymore. We're all stuck. Right. In the country. <laughs> so we got a, We got a couple of topics for today's show. We have to talk about the conclusion of the NBA awards, which was the last podcast we had, uh, and we got to get into just everything that's happened in free agency. So yikes, man! Bodies everywhere, just littered. So so <laughs> the many. The landscape is strewn. This is the body episode. So <laughs> just body count. So many emotions. Going on for this crew here. You know how so. like ESPN has the body issue? This is our body issue. <laughs> yeah, this is the body count issue. <laughs> Putting everyone in body weight. I mean, you know, we need to I mean, like Woj is the the war war uh, reporter yeah. embedded with <laughs> yeah. the troops. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He's he's dropping his own uh line of uh Iwoji. A Woji app for oh a keyboard God. on iTunes. <laughs> Sources can confirm. <laughs> so let's just talk about kind of what the conclusion was for at least the six big awards that happened um, for the big award ceremony. No surprise whatsoever that what Russell Westbrook uh, got MVP. Not no surprise whatsoever. We had what? we had surprise. to take that. A little surprised. You're a little surprised. Yeah, I mean, you're acting like it was like a foregone conclusion. There was like a lot of consideration for James Harden in there. Kawhi got maybe. votes from big, maybe, but big you didn't people. make you didn't make the episode beforehand. So I don't know if I like uh. literally care about that opinion. Well, look, you're saying it was a you're saying it was a slam dunk as if no one else was even in contention when that wasn't even close. Like did they even release the, the tally yet for how like what the vote total came in at? Did he run away with it? Was it like I think he ended up running away with it, but it was more like 70 20 10, hmm. something like that. Hmm. All right. It's okay. I mean, James Harden wasn't a runner. Like, let's not pretend that Russell Westbrook was going to get it unanimously all season and nobody said that he wasn't. Yeah. Everybody was a huge, at the end, there was a huge wave at the end of the season of anti Westbrook backlash from everyone about how he's not going, you know, he doesn't deserve the MVP because he's a ball hog Mm -hmm. and everything. I just loved that it was a race for the first time in a long time with like 10 players, really. And then it slowly funneled, filtered into like three players. Yeah. And that was really fun. And LeBron wasn't on the list. Like, (laughs) I I don't even know if LeBron got a vote. (laughs) I mean, 
everybody wants to talk about this. If you factor in the playoffs, who wins the MVP, et cetera, et cetera. So obviously Katie and LeBron get to the yeah. top of that list. But if you just look at playoff performances of the people who were nominated highly at the end of the season, like, do you feel good about Kawhi not getting it compared no. to the other two? No. Just purely on performance, right? I think you have to honor the Russell Westbrook season. Yeah, the triple yeah. doubles, like, you know, the greatest, the best point that I heard is like, when you look back at the season 20 years from now, mm-hmm. what are you going to remember? Mm-hmm. And it's Russ triple double season. So that's, that's got to be the MVP. But I'm just saying it wasn't unanimous. It wasn't in the books. It wasn't black and white Hondo. 70, seventy twenty. Seventy twenty will let it stand. All right. So this one, this one is a little bit more, even more contentious for me. I don't know about you guys, but defensive player of the year going to Draymond Green. Um, we, this is not the decision that we had collectively. Our unanimous picks didn't go that direction. Really quick. Uh, Russell Westbrook got 70% of the votes. Oh, shit. So there it is. So that's great um, to know now. Yeah, so Draymond Green ran away with this. And actually, I was really torn on this award. I was between Leonard and Gobert for me, actually. And so hmm. I'm glad that Green won just because of what he stands for in the NBA. But, you know, Kawhi Leonard deserved it because he was a one-man machine on offense and defense and it's in a team that had basically like D League level scrubs and the Pau Gasol. So, I mean, you know, Kawhi in terms of individual performance, uh, when you're talking about like on man, on ball defender, right. like got to be far and away. But I think what I heard most about Draymond all season and the people who watch it super closely were his rotations, his communication, his teamwork. He like being the individual anchor to a team defense like that is like they were talking about just like the high intelligence level that it takes to do that. And I, I'd agree with that, right? If you're if you're going strictly individual level, I think Kawhi and obviously Rudy Gobert is that traditional big man that can mm-hmm. put up the defensive presence like you know rim protector etc cetera, etc cetera. but i'm not mad at draymond uh no, no. Kawhi winning three in a row would have been like that would have been on the <laughs> same crazy. feet as shut like, it down yeah shut it down. it's, it's just like it's a big man award you'd have you know? to rename the award yeah the Kawhi Leonard defensive player of the year award because <laughs> it's a big man award and it, he kind of changed the game for a while um you know it's a it's also immaculate because draymond green is like six six or six seven he's playing the five he's playing the four he's guarding james harden at times it's yeah i mean he deserves it all right so <laughs> continuing on here to the rookie of the year president president just ran away with this thing and boy we were just we we're not right on this and uh, I, I don't know I, I just don't know kind of what to think here I'm, I'm really indifferent on what we predicted and what we what the outcome was because it doesn't really matter Darius Sarge was well n- not with that attitude I mean yeah, what kind of no, 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 no. what we, kind of prediction shows are you allowed need to do accountability. next season if we so, sit here and just like, like throw our hot takes out before the first game of the season and you're just like it doesn't matter scrub then it off like, Nobody's going to listen to any unbelievable, episodes that we do. Key, Unbelievable. If you don't change your attitude on prediction shows, like, okay. you can just... <laughs> You're going to get scrubbed. Deeper part of the bench. All right. Well, this is a testament to a second rounder. The first, probably one of the only second rounders to ever win Rookie of the Year. But Dario Saric, internationally born, coming over after a couple years um, being after being drafted, he was kind of in contention for Rookie of the Year all year after Joel and B went down. And... The biggest thing that he did was he just produced. He was winning games for a Philadelphia team. But Milwaukee got into the playoffs, got a top five seed. Malcolm Brogdon basically changed the 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 gap, the hole in that team by solidifying the point guard spot for decades to come. I mean And well, he produced, he got like a twelve and eight kind of season. Brogdon's a shooting guard. First and foremost, is what no, he's a point guard. guard. I mean, that's what the label says right there in front of my eyes. <laughs> Who's so, their point guard? Oh, so it's Giannis? Giannis. Anyways, <laughs> Jason well, Terry off the bench. We can make fun of all this all you want, no, but no. like, no, all I'm he's saying, a point guard. I mean, that's fine. I mean, he's Andre Miller. It's not. It's not a particularly uh, meaningful distinction in this day and age. But um, you know, at this point, my question is: If Dario Sarge played for anybody but Philadelphia, 
does he win rookie of the year? Because essentially oh, sure. my thing is like he split votes with Embiid, right? Yeah. yeah. If Embi- and he's in the shadow of Embiid. Embiid was so great that Sarge was no Embiid. So how do people, you know, all of a sudden that comparison hurts him, right? Yeah. So yeah. it's like no matter how good he plays, he's not Embiid and he's on the same team as Embiid. To me, it was definitely like a, a KD Steph. Like either those dudes could win the MVP on different teams on the same yeah, team. They, Maybe neither of them will win it. it so if Dario Sarge is on Phoenix, does he win rookie of the year? And my answer is it's probably a lot closer vote. I think Brogdon probably wins because people still, uh, you know, give a higher weight to like, good teams um teams that make the playoffs and the players that are on that which doesn't make a lot of sense to me i'm not one of those people that's just like the mvp can only come from a winning team and has to be someone that makes the finals and has to be a final contender like that's bullshit to me but um <laughs> but we we weren't wrong we were really wrong like <laughs> sarge sarge came in a distant third at 13 percent. so now the, the rest of them we got just we were spot on so first off six man of the year eric gordon nailed that one Nailed most improved player. This is the one I'd said I'd, I would fight anybody if they, if they <laughs> gave it to anyone else besides the Greek freak. And definitely picked Antoni um, for coach of the year. Any, it's so crazy to me how, by how much D'Antoni won coach of the year. Like, that's just disgraceful to me. You're going to put Spolster and Popovich, give them nine and eight first place votes each versus 68 for D'Antoni? Like, that's some old horse shit. That's running away with it. All right. Like, Russ won by like 140 points, and Mike D'Antoni won by 250. <laughs> like, that's a whole other order of magnitude, right there. Yeah. That uh, it's 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 crazy, but we got most of them got most of them right, and there's some. I, I mean, here's here's the thing though. Like, where does I mean? So he's obviously not going to win it next year, right? Like, can we agree right there? Like, they're not going to give him back to back when you add Chris Paul to your team. They're not going to give yeah. him Coach of the Year twice in a row. So he's not going to get okay. it. But Houston might play even better this season than they did last season and they're not going to win it <laughs> with that being said i mean should we move into free agency early hot takes could be like Kawhi leonard right for mvp because he's going to have to in, in for san antonio if anything has to happen for san antonio well, it's thing, Kawhi leonard if, if they flip lamarcus too then that changes right. the whole thing as well right like they're trying to get rid of lamarcus aldridge so all of a sudden that changes if they get get rid of lamarcus aldridge for yeah. who knows right like all right. of a sudden that's you know they flip him to boston because boston panics because they don't land gordon hayward right also like, i think james harden is a lock to not win mvp next year because he has Chris Paul now, yeah. as opposed to what he was, which is the yeah. point guard, you know, Dan Tony point guard. So here, so he no longer is, is that. So anymore. we're starting with the awards. We're going to go into free agency, and we're going to do the earliest proto galaxy, proto planet hot takes. That's right. We're going to do like Mercury as it was forming <laughs> in the galaxy hot takes. Mm. But here's the thing: we got to keep track of these. I want at every step of the way. <laughs> we're going to keep track of it here. We're going to keep track of it before the season. We're going to keep track of it at the All Star break, and then we're going to keep track of it at the end of the season. That's what's going to happen. Right. We're going to have accountability. And we're yeah. going to talk mad shit to people if they make really outrageous, terrible picks. <laughs> All right. So we did Giannis. We did Coach of the Year. Who was left? Was there? Is there anybody left? Sportsmanship? Kimball Walker? Does anybody want to talk no, about that? No, 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 no. Oh, All-NBA. That's not that interesting to me. It's no. all going to be West players next year. Uh, <laughs> it's, that's facts. It's, it's that's only facts. West. We eliminate an entire conference It's crazy. Next yeah. Like, why can't we? Seriously. <laughs> LeBron was talking about contraction really, like 10 years ago. Really close. We are. <laughs> Like, what the fuck is out there in the East right now? If you're not part of LeBron's team, you might as well pack it in. That's a great segue into free agency talk right here. So, I mean, the big play is right. We had Jimmy B going west, Mm. switching conferences. We have Paul George switching conferences. Um, We have Blake Griffin staying in a conference. Um, We haven't heard about Gordon Hayward yet, about what he's going to do. Basically, the Western team's fortifying. Chris Paul staying in the West, right? Eastern Conference team's. Uh, losing players and everyone's trying to tank in one conference seems like a bad strategy all at the same time <laughs> Celtics haven't landed anybody on their list so far yeah. so like they're they haven't improved their oh, stature oh man the Celtics right? is a podcast on its own well think well, I mean think so, about this yeah. I mean think about this right here so they haven't landed any free agents yet 
They were number one in the East at the end of last season. And then the all they best can assets. do is go backwards. Yeah. Yeah. That's all they can do. I mean, Cleveland, you know, LeBron's going to be on some bald head, you know. Yeah. Carbon copy, Michael Jordan shit. Yeah. And they're probably going to get number one seed in the East this year so that they don't have to, uh, uh, you know, feel the same way they did going mm-hmm. to the playoffs this year. Not that it really mattered. But I think they're going to be first place in the East. Boston number two. And then everything drops off a cliff. Or are we talking like Washington? Although Washington's been talking about uh, some mellow talk. Yeah. Because Melo said that he wants to stay on the East Coast, close to New York, so he can be close to his family. Sure. Um, now that Phil Jackson's out, maybe they can get some trades in, maybe they can send him to this Boston. Is so fucking Boston crazy. might panic for him. Washington might go for him. And those, that's actually a good move, I think, for either of those teams. But, um, like, again, right? It's just those three teams. Yeah. Maybe Miami actually makes the playoffs this year. We know Chicago's not in. We got Milwaukee. We know Atlanta's not in. We got Milwaukee. Okay, Milwaukee. Toronto just resigned to Baca. We have, and, and Kyle Lowry. They actually they pulled the trigger on Lowry. Three for 100. Three for 100? Fucking so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> you know what's I mean, so stupid? Kind of. Let's talk about some of these major moves. I know we've All already right. kind of brought it up, but let's yeah. go a little bit deeper. Right. Okay. Let's talk about not the biggest thing, but like Paul George to OKC. Let's bring that up first because oh. it's been the most like visceral in my head these days. The fuck? Okay. Indiana had so many offers. For yeah. Paul George. Yeah. Allegedly. Allegedly. And they turned him down, allegedly. OKC traded Serge Ibaka for Victor Oladipo and De- what turned into Demo or Demonis uh, Sabonis. And then he traded Victor Oladipo and Donatus Sabonis for fucking Paul George. A year rental, but it's probably going to be an amazing year rental. Although KD turns into Paul George is a little wild, right? That is, um, that is pretty crazy. I mean, I, I think it points to A... Oklahoma City knows they have to be super aggressive, right? Because, yeah. you know, Russ is, I mean, a Russ to just signed him. a contract and he's also like close to his contract being up, right? But this, is, this is his final year. Right. So that's what I'm saying. This is more about like trying to retain Russ than I think it is actually trying to retain Paul, Paul George. George. I don't think they have any, they care. any no. illusions that they're going to hold on to Paul George, but it's the signal to Westbrook like, hey, we're going to put stars around you no matter like what the cost, right? Yeah. yeah. But I don't, you know, is, the question is, is that going to be enough? I mean, I think those two guys combined are good for a playoff spot, but they're not good for much more than that. Right. So the question is, you know, this is Rudy Gay talk. You know, there's maybe another move that OKC can make. No. Um, and all of a sudden, so they have like, you know, some sort of trio. Maybe we don't call it a super team, but call it a trio of stars. Okay. Then we're talking top four seed in the West. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Just based probably. on stars alone, they probably can do it. But their yeah. team is not very deep. They have a pretty interesting starting five. There's just no way that Paul George has said he wants to go to the Lakers and you, he goes from small market Indiana to small market OKC. And he's <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, you know what? Oh, no, yeah, I'm, I'm going to stay here. Down. Yeah. 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 Just not stay in OKC. The, my thing is just that like, what are the odds in Vegas right now for both Russ and and Paul George going to the Lakers. Mm-hmm. I know. <laughs> I mean, you, you would think it wouldn't be as the high because they just drafted Lonzo, but who's sure. to say that, you know, Why Russ not? can't play off the ball, right? Like, let Lonzo <laughs> dish it to everybody. And, you know, like, Russ is two guard, Paul George is three, Lonzo one, Ingram <laughs> at the four, yeah. and then whoever at the five. And Lonzo might be a ticket into getting Westbrook for Lakers. Who knows, right? I mean, would, would you do that, but though? Indiana. Who does that? Do, oh, do you do Lakers it? do that. Do you do that? Lakers, the Lakers, Lakers do that. Lakers do whatever they want to do. You think the so? Lakers do that. If they have Lonzo as like this project, we're, we are going to be knee-deep in talking about projections and, and hope right, right. But versus what, I mean, potential. Off, offline, our, our feeling was right. The, the context of every single thing in the league right now is Golden State. Are you beating Golden State with Russ and Paul George and yeah. not Lonzo? Yeah. And you're, you're, so you're mortgaging the future so that you can have Westbrook. When he, like you said, this is his last season as a deal. They don't have to trade him. Why do they have to trade him? That's right. Lonzo's on a cheap contract. You can just get Russ, right? If Russ, if Russ wants to go there, you don't have to trade nothing for him. The CP3 thing worked out um, for the Clips because of, like, Maury's cap, mm-hmm. you know, genius, mm-hmm. his Merlin 
as <laughs> tendencies, right? Like it's NBC you know, primetime. It, it helped them knock over the cap and help them maybe land another star. But for the Lakers, they got budget, man. Like they get rid of that Dan contract, right? They already got rid of Mozgov. They just got like rookie contracts. All of a sudden, you can absorb a George. You can absorb a Russ. Plus, they're going to be free agents. They can sign for a little bit less than a max to go yeah. play in L.A. Yeah. So, to my mind. I don't think I don't think LA does that deal if they're smart about it, right? You don't mortgage the future so you can have Russell Westbrook. Is, is he is he going to be over thirty by the time? I don't know. He his signs age. the next contract over thirty. Paul George, who's always been, he's never shown that he can be the man and lead his team anywhere. <laughs> no. So you're going to sign those two dudes he'll to compete 20, with Golden State this year and get rid of get rid of your future. Like that yeah, doesn't make sure. sense. Plus this year they'll probably get another lottery pick. I know. So you end up with three lottery picks. Yeah. Then you sign two all stars, borderline superstars. <laughs> That's a team. If you get Probably. rid of the young dudes, then that's not, to me, that's not a team. That's Man, and holy crap, these teams are getting kind of just like shoved into the dirt. Indiana's, Orlando's, all these other teams are like meaningless now. Indiana has Victor Oladipo locked in for four more years at $21 million. Yeah. Like, welcome home, that. Victor Oladipo. Oh, God. Like, they are going to suck. Um, yeah. No, it's funny, right? Like, the ramifications of what the Warriors are as a team and as identity, as like a philosophy of basketball, has trickled down in every team's heads. And so you have the Indiana's like, we can't compete against LeBron or Golden State. We're tanking. You have Philadelphia being like, hey, we got all these like amazing studs. Probably. Let's get a J.J. Redick. Right. We have all these weird I mean, that's, anomaly that's moves. That, no, because the, the transition of CBA has just completely taken over. That's a little bit. I don't think the Philadelphia situation, actually, I think that one's more out of context than any of the situation. Yeah. Because I'm they're not in the... Up. I'm just no, making no, no, it up. No, no, I know. But I was just saying, like, I think the, the logic or the calculus of it is different for them. They, need, they need a JJ. They need... Uh, who they get? Amir Johnson. Amir Johnson. From Boston. Yeah. Yeah. They need vets to put around the young guys. Yep. They'll make a little pay- playoff push this year. Yeah, yeah. And beat stays healthy. That's a playoff team. That's exciting. In the East? Yeah, like, definitely. Your eighth seed... Philadelphia 76ers against your one seed Cavaliers. Mm-hmm. You're telling me like that's that's ratings gold for the NBA after a season where we had like the quickest playoffs ever because both teams <laughs> ran through both conferences and that's why actually that's why the revenue's down and why yeah. the cap numbers down right. coming into this offseason. That's Just because that's of all going to be remedied yeah. coming up real soon, right? So I think I think Philadelphia made great moves. I think they're one of the few teams that doesn't have to think about the Warriors right mm-hmm. now because they've yeah. been in process mode for however many years. But you're right, everybody else. Well, the residue around the league, right? The, the Clippers couldn't win with JD Redick and Chris Paul, and then now they're gone, and mm-hmm. they're not tanking. So they signed us a, a Blake Griffin for like a five year max deal, which is insane. It seems insane to me. Because it, so they hired Jerry West, right? So yeah. you think he's going to infuse like this basketball wisdom into them, which he probably did. Which means that like here's the thing: you have to take that move as not an idiotic move, and so you have to think about it in that lens, right? The Blake Griffin move. You normally would say like that's really stupid. You should blow it up, get your draft picks, you know, start rebuilding now, right? But here's the thing: why would you keep Blake Griffin in the situation? I don't think I have an answer to you. My only answer is this: superstar name. Put up yeah. on the on the stadium, right? Yeah. Ballmer's trying to get a new stadium potentially built in California. Okay. How about this? Let's say that's this. the team really looking. The the Staples Center uh, agreement for the Clips ends pretty soon, mm-hmm. right? So they either have to re up with them and be second fiddle, third fiddle, fourth fiddle in the Staples Center in their own arena, <laughs> or they get the new one built. So what if what if they don't get the new one built and there's hostile negotiations that leak, quote unquote, they get sure. woge bombed to the Why press, not? and all of a yeah. sudden it's a really toxic situation? Yeah. I thought when he bought the team, there was no chance the Clippers moved to Seattle. Yeah. If shit gets nasty in the Staples Center negotiations yeah. and ah. they shut it down politically to build a new stadium, all of a sudden Ballmer has the perfect situation. Yeah, it's like, my take. hands are tied. Now, would it be easier to move a team to Seattle if you have no players and you're tanking or if you're like, no, 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 we did it right by our guy. We got our franchise dude. We're going to move to Seattle with Blake, Blake Griffin. Griffin. Even yeah. if he's past his prime, yeah. whatever, he's still a superstar name. That's They're like, hey, we're going to draw the fans. It's going to be a better situation than it was uh, in L.A. playing second fiddle after the whole Sterling situation. Like The narrative all of a sudden fits for a Seattle move in a way that I did, I definitely didn't think was ever going to happen. I never thought the Clippers would move to Seattle. But at this point, you re-sign Blake Griffin. 
Like to me, all of a sudden, that means you're trying to put some sort of credible product on the floor mm-hmm. for some reason. And like, what reason is that? Keep the fans around. <laughs> you gotta, yeah. you gotta keep the fans. Otherwise, otherwise they're. Ugh. Well, I love that take. I think five years of Blake Griffin at 173 million is yeah, not no longer years. no longer a tradable contract. He's no longer a tradable player. Well, so you're never gonna trade the player in his first year of his contract, anyways, yeah. right? So right. let's take so let's take one that one off the board, right? So now it's a four year. Also, he's injured and he got this money went while being injured. Right. So think about that. So so one, they're still gonna be able to tank even with Blake on the team. So that's first off. Second off, you take the first year of the contract off because you never trade a dude in the first year after he signs a mega deal. So that's one. It's a four year deal now. Mm-hmm. He has the player option for the fifth. So you take that one off the table. It's a three-year deal now. Because either if he opts into that, then you're definitely trading it because it's a contract year, right? It's a it's a dead contract you can trade for cap space and assets, right? Yeah. So it's only a three-year deal, really. That's all it really is. Right. Back so, in. Very, very lengthy analysis and some conspiracy-level takes on, on the clips. Clips live. But, so here's the and thing. And then we got... The CP3 move too, like CP3 for an yeah. overhaul of a team. Like he could have just left in free agency too, but they had this one deal for the Clippers, which was kind of saving face really about losing a star player. They got like Patrick Beverly, Sam Decker, and a bunch of other you know assets that could really retool this team. Yeah, if they sign like a what's his name, Danilo Gallinari. They're kind of interesting still. No, for sure. I think that's an interesting team with DJ and Blake. Um, additionally. I think they made that move in spite of Doc Rivers, right? Like, I think that was a Jerry West move completely because Doc so. Rivers has never shown confidence in trading anyone, like, ever. <laughs> and to get that many, like, uh, like uh, contract uh, or what is it, uh, cash considerations, to get that many cash considerations and uh, yeah. and young dudes back, like, Doc must be rolling over his grave right now. Yo, but Hondo, man, like, CP3, Harden, Nene. Nene's back. Nene's back at 11 mil after his first deal, which is the most hilarious thing of the free agency. Right? Didn't you love that when he was like, when they were like, actually, we have to take it back. So it's 315. Actually, we have to go 310. And he's like, I'm disgusted. 310 is just beneath me. I'm opening up things. And then what did he sign for? 311. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, yo, Nene, shut the fuck up. It's just, it's it's so hard to comprehend though with, with Chris Paul and Harden on the same team. It's just like both of those dudes need the ball. They yeah. both need the ball. Obviously, they're going to work something out, but it's, it, it, to me, it didn't make sense. I mean, it, it makes sense kind of long-term. They'll figure out how to gel, but if they don't gel, boy, that's an expensive experiment. This could do a lot for the energy of them. From the beginning of the season to the end of the season, you could see CP3 warped. You could see him just depleted, depleted of energy. You could see Harden the same way. When it came to the San Antonio series, he was AWOL. You know, he yeah. was MIA. So, like, I think this will be good for them. I do worry about, like, whose team is this now all of a sudden when there's, like, the shot, you know, the shot to beat the other team or, like, yeah, the I end game situations. Who's taking it? Who's yeah. bringing the ball up? Yeah, I mean, that's that's fair. And I think, I think yeah, no, I totally think that's fair. And I, my thing, though, is, is personalities. And the only thing that makes me think that this will work is the fact that CP3 wanted to play there and said, I want to yeah. play with James Harden. So that means that, like, to me, you have to be a little bit conciliatory and you have to take a little bit of a backseat. Right. You have to be 1A to his one because he's a younger player, right? He's more explosive, more dynamic. He's the dude, right? Um, so if you th- if you look at it that way, if Chris Paul, by everything, because of all the moves that he's done, if he's actually indicating that he'll take a slight step back, this will work perfectly, right? Mm-hmm. They'll stagger yeah. minutes on the floor. You know, the CP3 bench mob is going to be murder, yeah, right? That'd be great. Eric Gordon, CP3, <laughs> you know, running all the young dudes out there. You know, him hitting mid-range jumpers, him running Clippers light offense down it's there. with scary. the Like, that's good. And then Harden is just like D'Antoni, fireball, running gun, six seconds or less stuff. Yeah. And then when they're out there together, like, that could potentially be, be great, right? Like... Mm-hmm. I mean, 
can we can we envision something like some sort of hardened CP3 pick and roll? Mm-hmm. Is that a thing? Can we can we get that? I don't know how you stop can that. We get, can <laughs> who's flopping who, and then are they going to flop together? <laughs> yeah, who 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 does who, who who does the rip through on the pick? Is it CP3 while he's setting player. the pick, or is it, or is it harder, harder as he's shooting? It? <laughs> oh no, yeah, it's uh no, it's really intriguing. I think I think they will make it work. I do think they need to add one more player of some. I don't even know of what tier. Like yeah. I don't think it needs to be a superstar. It I don't doesn't think need it needs to be a mellow. Yeah, I don't think it needs to be a mellow, um, but I think again, right? Oh, that mellow thing is so crazy. So they signed. I know, I know. They signed PJ Tucker, and that's uh, still like in the moratorium. You know, Blake Griffin, you know, blocking DeAndre Jordan with the chair kind of phase right now. Um, you remember that a couple years ago when he was signing with Dallas? So this is that phase. So July sixth, I believe, is when you can actually officially sign these contracts or yeah. these players. Yeah. So there's still some hazy gray area here with this, but PJ Tucker to Houston, Trevor Ariza, you know. The Gordon and Anderson shooting and Capella blocking the paint. Like this Rim is runner. A, this is an amazing team. And you lose Patrick Beverly, who is the heart and soul of your defense, for Chris it, Paul, who is the heart and soul of defense. Right, right. They, they lost like, they lost pink tips too. Pink tips, man. <laughs> Don't get me started on that. So so here's the thing is like Clint Capella is like what 80% DeAndre Jordan. So it's fine. Oh, yeah. Like I think I I don't think it's that bad. And it's like it's if you're great. trading he's trading basically Chris Paul traded uh, Blake, Blake Griffin, Griffin for James, James Harden, Harden and DeAndre Jordan win. for Capella. And I think for this point in his career, that's a good move. Oh, that's a great point. In his um, career. All right, I know we tried to bury the lead here. I know we didn't. You know, you didn't want to get in this off the bat. I know you tried to just you know yeah. sit here and uh, pull one over our eyes. <laughs> oh, I tried. Jimmy B. Jimmy B. Who's that? Minnesota. Who's that? Who's that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Jimmy the Greek Butler. Yeah. All right. <laughs> this happened on draft night, and um, the range of emotions were pretty <laughs> staggering. Pretty staggering. <laughs> I'm really happy with this trade right now. And I think yes. the main reason why is because of what basically formulated after. The the ticket here, though, and I could go on about like my lineage as a Timberwolves or sports fan. I probably will save that. But um, I lived through the Luke Longley, Christian Leitner years, right? I lived through the Michael Williams and Mike James and Latrell Sprewell years. Like those were the biggest players that we've ever acquired. That's sad. If we're a really young franchise, the biggest acquisition we probably have ever had is a Latrell Sprewell. Well, Mike ac- James, Ramon Sessions. Would you say? Like free agent. Oh, free agent. Not trades okay. or anything. Right. Yeah. We drafted a Stephon Marbury KG, right? Kevin we love. drafted a Kevin and Love through a trade. Um, okay. So my fandom has been, this is shit. I'm following a really shitty team. Let me follow like a Reggie Miller and an Allen Iverson for a little while because they're not in my conference. And I really enjoyed those, those players until Ricky Rubio. So my whole team... You ain't free agent. You ain't got, you got him by free agent either, though. No, no. So that's what I'm trying to say now. So we drafted this, right? We couldn't grab anyone through free agency because we've been so bad. Yeah. So I have to only hope, rely on hope. So we drafted a Rubio who was at the 2008 Olympics. Fucking godsend. Like him playing against... Before he was ever in the NBA, right? Yeah. Yeah. I Okay. And he's like 14, 16 years old. It doesn't matter. But he was... Like, Ricky Rubio is the Danny Almonte of the NBA. Sure. Do you guys get that reference? Little League pitcher? Yeah. I know about this. Who was actually like 18 when he was supposed to be 14. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a little bit disrespectful. I, you know, and that's the thing. Like, I get like the strong feeling, strong emotions. He came up through the system. He was supposed to be the point god coming over from Spain to save the league, right? The next Jason Kidd, he's going to be passing everywhere right there. Mm-hmm. When really what you got was out of out of Ricky Rubio is you got Rajon Rondo 2.0. Maybe. No, um, you, you did. I mean, Rajon Rondo was the success of his teammates, and so is Rubio because those players are by design a, a teammate player, not a first option player. Right, but, that, but that's the thing is that so you replace Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen, um, everyone else on that team, right, with uh, Michael Beasley, um, Anthony Randolph, 
uh, AK-47. So let's, let's go the other way. If you take any point guard in the league and you give them Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen, and Paul Pierce, they all fine. of a sudden look great, right? So it has, yeah. so that's not an argument for Ricky Rubio. No, I'm not saying that. Well, that's, that's what I'm just saying is that he all, all he ended up actually showing on the court for whatever mm-hmm. potential he had, and I know it's so attractive and it's so hopeful, and it's like the thing emotionally that you want to hold on to is potential, but he's now been in the league for a while now. It's not yeah. like he's a new guy in the league, so we know what Ricky Rubio is. Right, he's Rajon Rondo with better passing, yeah. but even less of a jump shot. I mean, and that's okay. We've we learned to accept that. Yeah. Find shooters around him, and we got a Kevin Love who became something pretty exciting. Yeah. yeah. Until he wasn't, and then the final take right of Flip's legacy, of Flip's career in, in the NBA and in life, really was he envisioned a team with shooters, with wingers, with slashers, with athleticism, with Rubio. That was exciting. That was something I was actually really looking forward to watching. Yeah. I got a couple seasons of that, but they were young. Not in the playoffs, Rubio but they was were injured winning. a bunch, and Rubio has been injured a bunch. Like fucking a man, these guards do get injured a lot. These, you have to re- understand that these players do get injured, exactly. and those those were fluke injuries that lasted a long time. Exactly, and that's the thing, right? You're talking to the so you're, I'm still you're hoping, talking to a Chicago fan who I know I saw they drafted Derrick Rose. Are you, that's like, why I'm Derek, trying to say this. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying is like Derrick Rose was Ricky Rubio on like steroids, right? And he got all these fluke injuries, literally fluke injuries all the time. Yeah. And so it's to a point where like at some point when he got traded to the Knicks, it's right. just like. I still love Derrick Rose to this day, right? And I have a Derrick Rose jersey sitting in my closet that I'm that's not right. getting rid of anytime soon. Like so that's awesome. And so, but at the same time, when they went to New York, it was a little bit of relief. It was like I don't have to defend this guy. I don't have to sit here and like I've learned and just like I love this dude, but he's hurting my team. I don't have to have that conflict anymore. It's like yeah. I wish him the best. Yeah. He's off doing his thing, but now my team is moving on into yeah. my like my, for example, my team didn't move on to a better situation. My team <laughs> moved on to a much worse situation. But at least the players that you love got to move on to a different situation for yeah. a situation that is now much better for Which the Minnesota is what it is Timberwolves. Today. Yeah. I agree. And like my final note is you you've seen success. You've seen championships. You've yeah. seen MVP caliber players. Right. I've had a taste of that with Kevin Garnett and it really backfired in a lot of ways. Management was like they kind of uprooted because of Kevin Garnett. They paid him thousands more, millions more than he should have probably been earned because he can demand that because he's that kind of player. Well, Rubio was kind of this like the second tier, third tier, trying to prove himself every day, and it was a fun little fight to root for, support, back up at any point in the game. All right, so, so now we gain we gain a Jimmy Butler yes. without moving Rubio, and I was first a little distraught because we lost a potential another potential player in Zach Levine, <laughs> yeah. but I I really quickly understood like this is a process of Thibodeau saying no more losing. I'm here to start a culture of winning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All of a sudden, I'm seeing free agents wanting to come or scheduling tours of Minneapolis. What the fuck is that? You have the Grain Belt. You have Target. You have... What else do you fucking have? Like, you have <laughs> Minneapolis. It's like... You got some likes. You got some likes. Right. So, I was excited for that for the first time. But I, this is like fucking like Bruce Mao Massive Change style. Like, this is... I've never seen this in the NBA for a team I root for. Yeah. yeah. And until last year, like, there was three things that, like, really changed my mind about the NBA in general. This podcast, because I became a fan of all teams, mm-hmm. Ricky Rubio, of course, and Stephen Curry. Stephen Curry made me a fan of other teams and not like rose-colored or Rubio-colored glasses of saying, my team only, right? Stephen Curry changed that game for me. But, okay, so now we're accepting free agents. And this is, I'm going on a rant, but I don't want to. A Paul Millsap wants to come, you know? Jeff T comes. Kyle Lowry was rumored. Kyle Lowry yeah. was, this is exciting. Right. This yeah. is crazy. And now I've taken the emotion out of it and realizing the product. Oh, well, Tosh Gibson could, is, is now. Exactly. Done. Look yeah. at all these names that were just blowing out. Like, this is pretty incredible stuff. I mean, here's the thing. The I, cost of losing Rubio 
is a reward in success. That's right. And that's okay. It's, 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 I'm okay with it. And I, I get to wish him well in Utah. Exactly. Right. And you I get, get to watch him for Utah. Exactly. You get to watch him push you to go in on league pass and see yeah. Utah play and have a, a good reaction now, you know, yeah. you know, an invested reaction that you otherwise wouldn't have. But my final take is I wanted it to, to be in Minnesota so bad. And, and that's He fair, was my right? favorite player. And, and, probably of all time. And so this thing, right. And so my only thing, you know, we, we had a lot of offline discussion about Minnesota and just about like your range of emotions and just like going through the whole process of, hey, my team's in different phase now, right? Almost yeah. being afraid of success type situation, right? Yeah. yeah. And so the thing, right. the thing is, is like you have the emotional and then you have the logical, mm-hmm. and they can both. You, you're gonna have them both. They're gonna be conflicted. Coexist, they're yeah. gonna, they're gonna be all the things. But the thing with Minnesota fans that I found so puzzling over the last few days is the mix of emotional responses <laughs> and logical responses that contradicted themselves all yeah. the time, right? They were like, yeah. "We don't want Jimmy Butler because he can't shoot threes. We can't lose rookie Robio. Uh, he's the best passer, <laughs> even though that man can't shoot threes, yeah, right? Yeah, like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's so many of these things where it was like you're not you're trying to make a logical response with emotion with a, in a way that like not going to work. But these gonna things work. can coexist when you're like, okay, you know, I'm mourning the loss of my players. I'm excited for these yeah. new players coming like, in. You know, I guess from my perspective, it's this is a different NBA. Like the yeah. the legacy player that that's stays so around for for their whole career. Doesn't you know, the, the, the Tim Duncan just doesn't exist. Not anymore. I mean, players, as good as they are, are getting traded all the time. So it's like we have to go to this new reality. And I am, I am super stoked. I, mm-hmm. I happen to win twice here because I'm an OKC fan and I'm a Minnesota fan. So it's just like yeah. I am, I'm ready to go. I have some uh, jerseys on order as we speak. It's exciting stuff. You know, these players are accepting now less years. Yeah. For more volatility, for more just like to see the example, to ride it out, to move on. If it works, if it doesn't. They get the option. They have the control. They have the power. There's so much power in the NBA right now with the players. Okay. So now we have Jeff Teague, who I really was not a fan of, but he had the Paul Millsap, Al Horford, uh, Tabo Cephalosa to back him up on D. So now he has the Jimmy Butler, Carl Anthony Towns, and Gorgie Jang, whoever the fuck we Taj Gibson on D. Jeff Teague, you know, durable as fuck, a perfect Tibbs player, can shoot the three. He's a valuable asset and, in Tib system. Yeah, and he's, and he's and I'm excited. He's no Rubio, right? Like he's, he's not, not gonna Rubio. he's not gonna, you know, do highlight passes, but he's going to get Carl Anthony Towns the ball where he likes it. He's going to get Jimmy Butler the ball where he wants it. He's yeah. gonna get Wiggins put in good situations so he doesn't have to have to go one on five in an ISO at the end of the shot clock, yeah. right? Like so Teague is a competent point guard. You know, I think we were talking about he's not gonna wow anybody, no. but he is going to um, like I said, he's gonna be he's gonna be great in tip system. I mean, it turns Minnesota into a playoff team, right? You're gonna have some success. Things are gonna work out well. And just th- to my to my, my biggest, biggest takeaway from uh, free agency is this: I love to see all the volatility. I love to see teams taking chances. I yeah. love to see mix the players up. You know, I love to see uh, you know this these. I just love to see the volatility. I just love to see things happening, people making moves, and just excitement around the NBA for all these different teams. I love that. Here's the thing, though. We're talking about people having to make all these moves because of Golden State, but we're forgetting one critical factor, and that's cohesion <laughs> and long-term stability of a team yep. is more likely yeah. a predictor of success than anything else. And you told so, us this last year, year too. Like it was <laughs> right? very wasn't, that, wasn't that my main point? Was like <laughs> San Antonio is going to be here, yeah. right? Like, yeah. And so that's the thing. So even if San Antonio makes no moves going into the season, and yeah, they got Lamarcus, still, whatever, they'll probably be there. Still three seed, still, still three seed <laughs> in the conference, right? Yeah. And so probably. like that's continued success, and they're going to continue getting better because everyone knows everyone. They all have accountability. They all trust each other. All these things are in place, right? So all these teams making these huge moves, it's like, yeah, you're gonna, you know, Houston's gonna like try and compete with Golden State. It's gonna take some time to gel. We always see that, right? So yeah. it's really interesting that like I love it because I want to see these teams taking chances. And mm-hmm. you know, who knows? You can throw some fluke things at Golden State and win some games, right? Yeah. But at the end of the day, when you get to the championship level, it's like yeah. Cleveland stays winning because right. they've been together a while. Golden State, San Antonio, right? Even for all the Clips falters and flounders, they've yeah. had such bad luck. You could say that they overachieved. 
relative to their luck For in sure. that time run, right? Oh, yeah. The oh, injuries yeah. and the the playoff losses and things like that, like were a function of you know things out of their control. And despite that, they still held on every single year because of the continuity. Yeah. So I think I Agreed. think it's really interesting. I love to see all the new players in new jerseys and <laughs> just have like new new configurations of like plays to run and dynamics and like you know this team's gonna play this team now. It's like all of a sudden OKC plays you know milwaukee or whatever and that's fun as hell versus like three years ago no one cares about that game it's funny right like basketball runs deep in our veins especially mine like listening to the am radio in my brother's car because i didn't have a radio or cable at home like drained his battery so the next day he's like where the fuck is my car not working i'm like "Eh, i'm going to school all right (laughs) basketball runs deep but you saw the Michael Jordan in Chicago for fucking years. You saw the Pedro Stojakovic. Why did I name him? And like, and you know, <laughs> Vladi Divac and all those like the the tenured teams that were always there in the end. Yeah. Now you're seeing this shuffle. That's like, what the hell is this NBA? You're playing chess now every season instead of, instead of like resting on your Lori Markinens instead of resting on your lows. So oh now God. you get to see like projects, rebuilding situations, and teams figuring themselves out every year and. It's a kind of amazing to watch as an entertaining product, but as like the fan that's in your veins, like you're now, you need to be a fan of the NBA, not just your team, because it's your teammates are going elsewhere sometimes. I would just love to see, um, and I know it has its problems, but I would love to see a Premier League type style sure. approach to these things. We have way less games, yeah. right? And you have, um, you know, player transfers that can happen borderline at any time, right? And you yeah. just pay for the rights of a player and then you pay the player on top of that, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to see the volatility of players coming and going and leaving and teams going up and down. Send, you know, send Philadelphia down to the D League for a few years, <laughs> right? Like, not, not even now, but, you know, you know the past, why not? Hey, Let's make that fun. So, you know what I'm saying? Just like, I just want to see, I just want to see all of that. But on top of that, I'd love to see the cohesion be able to stay there so if yeah. like if golden state wants to keep everybody there yeah you might have to pay a huge luxury tax but also it's just like possible so i don't know so okay that's not the only soccer take i need from you today on you you had something offline that was just brilliant and that that's the the rockets uh mls uh, comparison the rockets are a soccer club right now, <laughs> yeah, all right? yeah. I, for years i've been calling james harden hardinho all right after like a Bra- <laughs> brazilian star so we got hardinho we got cristiano Ropalo. <laughs> now nice. boom <laughs> so he's you know he's the the veteran the, the point guard coming over and then Mike D'Antoni's the classic like Italian button up soccer coach you know saying on the sidelines <laughs> coaching an English Premier League team right D'Antoni with the with the run and gun offense the high scoring right the innovative basketball mind that's like equivalent to the to the high end soccer club coach shouting um, offense offense and then Houston already has the perfect MLS team name for for them the Houston Dynamos can we just can we just trade yes, names yes that, that that's exactly what it should be so so it's very interesting when when you take all of this into consideration though because the the Rockets actually end up going to MLS you know we have teams like the Magic going to the D League <laughs> and, and it's just like we don't know how many teams are actually going to be playing next season wouldn't that be great if all of a sudden we just ended up with like with like eighteen teams and then <laughs> only like ten well, got to be, make the playoffs it would be so great. <laughs> I just want I just want for best of five in the first two rounds of the playoffs, yeah. and then it goes seven seven. I want less teams in the playoffs. Or you want less teams in the playoffs? Well, I could keep the same number of teams in the playoffs. I want five game series first first two rounds. I love the Bill Simmons uh, like uh, fun as hell tournament idea where yeah. you get rid of the conference, you know, just to seed them one sixteen, and then for the last two seeds, you got play-ins for for <laughs> all the teams that would otherwise be in the lottery. You'd have a play-in. Like all of a sudden, if you got to play, you know. Uh, New Orleans for a play, one play-in game to get into the playoffs. All of a sudden, New Orleans might be a playoff team, you know, a bunch of times. Philadelphia, you know, some of these other teams. Miami. Miami would have made the playoffs last year if there was a play-in game. 
Yeah, probably. Oh. You know, the playing game of the MLB structure is yeah, pretty exciting because it, it's it like is. it gives a lot of weight to who's at the top. And if you're one game out of 100, like, yeah, 163, that's right. Yeah. Like that game means so much. I love playing games. Um, yeah. I love the idea of the MLB structure where it's like not East West, it's ALNL where like the leagues don't make sense to me, but because the teams are all shuffled. The playoffs are really exciting in the in, in MLB and even in hockey for whatever reason. Yeah. And well, it's because there's less teams. It means so much more. The weight is there. But in the NBA, yeah. it's like literally 50% more than that, 52% yeah. in the playoffs every year. So it's like a huge debacle of unfortunate, you know, misfortunes for the Timberwolves who've not been there for fucking 14 years. So injuries are way down. Injuries. If you cut if you cut the number of games down, all of a sudden the Clippers are peak prime healthy every year going to playoffs. <laughs> And the first two rounds are all five games, mm-hmm. so they're gonna win both those two rounds and get to the conference. You know, yo, all of a sudden, country semis, conference finals. Yo, I yeah. got, I got this. I got this. It's it's consolidation. <laughs> right. It's it's obvious consolidation. But what really happens here is with the amount of money that players are requesting. So let's just say Steph is able to renegotiate his deal from two hundred million <laughs> to LeBron saying yeah, right, four right. hundred million. Let's just say that it forces teams to go down to a three-person structure <laughs> which then oh, then oh. then it puts then it puts ice cube as the genius oh, no. <laughs> ice cube as the genius so adam silver is now approaching ice cube to buy out the big three scrap all the hall of fame players and put in active players instead wow we got this wow now that's that's incredible incredible take what is golden state doing in that situation who's getting left off there is it clay is it draymond who gets left off the three man well it's got to be clay <laughs> That'd be Clay because you already have two shooters, and you need Dre to yeah, be playing defense yeah, on the back. I think you need Draymond there. Well, anyways, I'm glad that we're not deciding this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's been so it. much fun movement. You know, like Kyle Korver resigning can, can, with Cleveland. Can, can, can we talk about where the the movement didn't happen though? I, I want to go back to Boston because, to. like that, that to me is just it's absurd how much activity that they're that they're potentially proposing, and none of it sticks. <laughs> Like they a, could miss out on Gordon it's Hayward. It's like an anti-Venus flytrap. It's just like... <laughs> 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 just go south real Well, that's, that's the funny. thing. You, we've lauded them so long for like, hey, we're trying to build for the future and build for the now. This is where it's biting them in the fucking ass. Yeah. Now you have to decide, do I want the future or do I want the now? Yeah. And they've just like gone no know. direction and done shit. All of a sudden, if you be like, we want to go for the future, you take Markel Fultz, mm-hmm. you trade Isaiah Thomas and assets for somebody else, right? Mm-hmm. For a right. Paul George or right. whoever. You sign Gordon Hayward, right? Um... Like all of a sudden you got the young point guard, you got the two vets coming in, they resign, right? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you're going somewhere. Or you, you know, for all intents and purposes, blow it up, right? You take Fultz, you trade for another top five pick or something like that, mm-hmm. right? So you get Tatum and Fultz, mm-hmm. right? With, you know, with some of the vets and you get Brad Stevens keep going and then you wait for, you know, whoever to come in free agency later on down the line. Right. There's just lots of different Lots of different ways they could have gone, and they're going no direction. They're doing nothing. <laughs> they could have had Jimmy Butler, they could have had, you know, Paul George for some reason, and they got nothing. And Gordon Hayward is probably gonna be Utah Jazz still. Because of what's what's amounting in that team, I mean, he Joe should Angles go. He, he should go east. Yeah, he, he totally should go east. Everyone should go east now. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's no that, one. That's got to happen. But, but so Joe Ingles has the same agent apparently, and he yeah. resigned for 52. He's a close friend of Gordon Hayward, so people are reading those tea leaves as if he's going to stay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think Gordon Hayward. It makes more sense for him not to stay personally. Uh, I just think I just don't see. You're, like, what's your ceiling in the West with that Utah Jazz team? Is Rudy yeah. Gobert getting better? Six. Maybe, maybe. But is he getting Six. better offensively? Five. Yeah, probably a six seed, probably a five seed. Yeah, that's what I'm I, saying. So, like, what's I'm what's saying, the ceiling? What are you going to do? Timberwolves might be five seeds. Yeah, who knows? You're right. It she should go east. You got to go east. Go to Boston. You're in the conference finals every year. Your your profile's higher, right? Yeah. Um, or you go down to Miami, right? You're the new. Uh, I like that man. I like Miami. He turns the the eight. He turns a borderline eight seed Miami team into like a top, top four, four team. Team. I think Miami is the best situation, but I really want to see the Utah 
kind of succeed right now. That's uh, that's a little bit of a bias, but anyways. Utah succeed in six, just I, lose in the second round? I have, ever since everybody wanted to talk shit when Carl Malone won that MVP over Jordan that right, year in the right. regular season, and then we torched them in the fucking finals, <laughs> I have no love for Utah. Uh, Utah can stay at the bottom of the basement. You, like, by the way, change your fucking name. Nobody jazz. plays jazz in no Utah. One. That's not no allowed. One. Give the no name one. back to New Orleans. In the New off Orleans season, jazz. The, Get the hell out of here. In the offseason, are, are we gonna we're gonna go through our full naming rights <laughs> and just like just declare which teams can keep which name? How about oh, this? So you funny. can keep Gordon Hayward if you trade the team name. <laughs> That's a requirement. That's awesome. right there. <laughs> All right, jazz and Utah pioneers. Was, I'm gonna just really quickly say, you know, there's been some really hilarious Twitter wars been happening with Gordon Hayward, where there was like a, yes. a Rudy Gobert tweet about like with emojis of jazz icons being success leprechauns being like nothing and like palm beach miami florida and then they respond with like 17 championships with the clover and jazz has yeah. trash and like and then hassan whiteside responds with like miami beach has girls and <laughs> you know what i mean it's hilarious it's so much fun to be a part of this and to just like absorb it all and um the fuck they're making a mockery of something that's really serious which also is a entertainment thing which is the NBA. So, I think one of my other favorite ones is uh, Enos Cantor. Sorry. Enos Cantor tweet yesterday, yes, when, well, which so he was like oh potentially saying uh, Rudy Gay was coming. Yeah. And I'm just like, what? Yeah. Just have like players just announcing deals now. That was so funny because, you know, they always do that when the players come through and they take the tours of facilities and stuff like that. They'll put yeah. like their their faces up on the banners. They'll put the name in the locker like they did with Fultz even before they traded the pick or whatever. Like they always do stuff like that anyways. And so it was just really funny to see him. As well, John. So yeah. I have a couple of question mark teams that I literally have not seen almost Literally. anything from. Yeah. And like, what's going on? Sure. Am I missing it? Or is is this literally nothing going on? First one is the Detroit Pistons. Are they doing anything? Not that I know of. Nah, I mean, they I haven't signed, seen anything. They signed one dude, like some mid-level dude or whatever. Um, no, they're not. They haven't been doing anything. They, I mean, that's the problem. Stan Van Gundy being coach GM. Everyone said it was a great move, and everybody wants everybody to be a coach GM. No. You need two different people doing those jobs. He's like clearly dropping the ball on these things. <laughs> yeah. The Memphis Grizzlies. I agree, man. I don't know what they're doing. They're they're missing out. They're missing out on something. They also didn't have much room to begin with. So paying all those men all that money. They didn't have anything to bring anything in. They didn't have anything to bring in. That's true. Yeah. When uh, when at the time Connolly signed the highest contract in NBA history, like what are you going to do with that? Well, thank God that Steph Curry finally signed this thing. Then we can like not talk uh, about Conley anymore. Well, Blake signed uh, one seventy three. His, his was the highest until Curry. Until okay. Curry, Curry's is five years, two hundred and one million, so forty million a year. He's the first one to actually sign the real supermax. <laughs> That's yeah, right. But, but but this is like this is still small in, in terms of <laughs> compared to uh, professional soccer. I mean, professional soccer, like, the, those top guys are, what, doing 80, 90 million a year? Like, they can go higher. They can go higher. It's just, can they sign the rest of the team once that happens? Right. right. So. Um, no, I think Memphis is in trouble, obviously. Like, they just keep running it back every year, and they do fine. But I, I don't know, right? Like, here's the thing. Uh, Golden State still has that, like, 5.2 uh, MLE, exception yeah. right there. Right. And so they've been talking about Swaggy P mm-hmm. jumping in there. <laughs> the best name I heard in that is uh, Vince Carter. Mm. Ah, Vince so Carter, great Vince Carter, in Golden State, State. yo, that'd be so How good. ill would that be? All yeah. of a sudden, he just throws like a between the legs one, just once, just for for the homies in a finals game. You know, he takes the Javale McGee spot of just like lovable veteran <laughs> that oh, you yeah. know, just like coaching the young dudes. I would oh, love oh, that, man. and they they probably need a player like that because they're probably going to lose a couple players like Ian Clark. And he would be the greatest irrelevant. headband player in Golden State since Baron Davis. <laughs> Did you say greatest or grayest? 
Boom. Boom. Both. <laughs> Except for he's got no hair. You know what's really funny? Like a Dwight Howard that was a superstar now is like getting traded for second rounders. Oh, I I thought it was actually a sack of potatoes, but I, I was I, 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 didn't, I didn't. And now know. he's in Charlotte. He's following the Roy Hibbert mode. This is Roy Michael Hibbert Jordan's mode. dream. No, oh, he's, he's following Kwame Brown. Kwame this is, Brown. This is Michael Jordan's <laughs> Kwame Brown redemption. Oh, my God. There's been, I mean, we can say it on and on. We can talk about all these yeah. little moves, but really there's so much more to talk about that's going to happen. And, yeah. you know, we can make some bold predictions like. Who's who's going to actually be traded? So, so who's going to actually sign where? Let, let, let me let me go to a, just a more basic question then. Who, which deal do you want to see come to fruition? Sure. Which deal are you still following? Like I'm I'm following the Hayward deal. Like I want to see this. Like what happens? Yeah. As soon as soon as the trade deadline was announced, I'm like he's at the top to me. Um, where is he going? I mean, after after just the fucking shoe fell, <laughs> and and it was just an onslaught. Yeah. So who who are you still watching? Um. Mello, man, I'm I'm hoping that he gets out of New York, and I hope for New York's sake that he gets out of New York. And really, like the team that I would like to see him on, just to see what the fuck happens, is probably Cleveland, like or Miami, I guess. But like Cleveland, just to see what the hell that happens, because I really want to just keep this storyline churning. LeBron and his and his and his cohorts get to the finals. Banana so boat, a, yeah. What's well, like? What's the banana boat right now? Like Chris Paul or like Dwayne Wade and. Is this buying his own right now in Chicago? <laughs> what is the banana boat? Yeah, right? I think uh, the banana boat buyouts are uh, are are huge. What I look forward to, I is think, no Rondo. Most, yeah, that's by far far and away <laughs> no Rondo. I was like, so happy for that oh, for you man. for that. It just makes it so easy to watch the team, even though they're going to be shit. Even though Fred Hoiberg doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. Even though you know they don't have anybody that's going to you know that is going to put anything up. But that's right. It's fine. We're gonna we're gonna tank. Hopefully, you know, Dean Wade, D-Wade will still help with that even if he's on the team. We will tank. Hopefully, we get a good draft pick. My thing that I am waiting for so bad is which player from this draft or the draft before emerges. No. Oh. Which one do people give up on too early and then Portland oh. comes in oh. and scoops them up? Because ah. that's the other Portland's team. been way too quiet in this in this whole situation for me. They've got assets. They had the picks. They made the, the shitty trade-down trade. pick for a yeah. white dude. Like, that's, you never, that's never a good move. No. But my thing is somebody's going to give up on one of these players really early, right? Is this, yeah. is it uh, Josh Jackson? Is it somebody else? Right? Is it one of these dudes that all of a sudden they're just like, oh, so much potential, so, so much upside. He could have gone number one. And then like six months from now, they're just going to be like, oh, he's trash. Write him off. Right. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden Portland says, like, yeah, yeah, we'll throw you, we'll throw you a second round pick and so and so, blah blah blah. All of a sudden, boom. Yeah, it just hits. I guess yeah. that would be great to happen because Portland needs something right now. They, they need something right now. Like I was, I was really optimistic about them doing the rental for Paul George, mm. right? Like that yeah. would have been sweet for them. Mm-hmm. Paul George, Lillard, McCollum, Nurkic, <laughs> yo, you don't need anyone that's else. That's so fucking mean. Yo, the Northwest right? Division is looking mean because Millsap's looking like he's going to Denver and shit like that. Right. Look at that fucking Northwest Division. I know. Chicago, man. Like any other, like you know. Talking points for you, or is it really just like let's just wait out the season? They let's, have let's root for Portland. No chance to do anything of relevance until they get rid of Fred Hoiberg <laughs> yeah. and Garpax. Yeah. Garpax is past. They're like they've their they've their battery is dead. They've evolved into their mutant so, form. They they need to be slayed and they need to be out. I actually can, can't go ahead. Can I can I ask you, MTG? Are they just going to sub in the the Sunday afternoon movie on WGN wow. instead of showing <laughs> showing the Bulls play next? They, they still commentated by Stanley King. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They they better. Um, yeah, no, they they better do something else because it's not going to happen. This is very reminiscent to me of the Tim Floyd era where we brought in sure. a, a white college coach that was supposed to do something, That's and right. we had a bunch of young guys, and we were like, oh yeah, no, we're just gonna you know it's not gonna be long before we start rebuilding. No, we're we're five years out from yeah. being from being anything. So you know, I'm where you guys were in Minnesota a few right. years ago now, and you know. 
It's it's fine. Like we'll hop on board. We're basically the bulls right now. Bulls two point the, the, the Timber need, Bulls. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. It's wild. Like Tank you know, City. If Tibbs fails, he's gone, and I'd be I'm gonna be tortured a, a tortured soul again. But like I might renounce my fandom if this doesn't work out because that would the potential nah, line. Nah, okay, nah, I probably nah, won't. I mean, what, nah, what, nah, what nah, needs nah. to happen? Yeah. I mean, the thing. What needs to happen for success? No, no, no. So yeah, my my thing is like if you guys make the playoffs two or three years in a row, yeah, and that's your ceiling. Is that is that a mistake? Is that a failure? Is that a blow it up moment? And my my thing is like, a, it depends on how it unfolds. But b, no, that's what happens to everybody. Atlanta Hawks were a sixty win team. Mm-hmm. And now, now they're, they're dog shit. Now they're dog shit. <laughs> yeah. Like you're Minnesota. If you get a chance in the limelight, right, that's going to do big things. As long as nobody gets injured up there, knock on wood, cross all the fingers, you know, pray to Buddha, whatever you got, make sure that doesn't happen. As long as that doesn't happen, I think. It's success all the way. I don't think there's sure. any problems there. Carl Anthony Towns evolves. Everybody plays more defense. Jimmy B is going to get these young guys whipped into shape. Um, Andrew Wiggins, like coming out of college, was like known as like having athleticism and defensive potential, and he hasn't played a lot of good D in the NBA. But if there's anybody that can get him to do that, it's Jimmy, it's Jimmy B and, T- yeah. and Tibbs. That's that's it, right? The, the so, players on the court are going to push him. I know. I so love it. Got, I love if it. If you got Towns, Wiggins, Butler, and Butler re-ups because he loves playing with those dudes and it's showing that they're having success, you're looking at more free agents. Yeah, you're looking at people like coming to Minnesota. At the top, it's it's a good look. The only thing is, if you have injury, bad luck, like we did in Chicago, that's when Tibbs gets run out of town and everybody's fucked. <laughs> it's an interesting timeline. Um, two years from now, all those players are off their deals, and so if so, we don't get in the playoffs, so we buy. Do, do we oh. just go? Do we do we essentially go buy a Butler jersey and <laughs> and the rights to a pitchfork to, to use to use at a certain point in time, or okay. and some <laughs> gasoline, to. and some gasoline. Well, you, you buy the you buy the the Jimmy. The Jimmy Butler pitchfork, where the tongs or the tines are in the shape of Jimmy Butler's hair. So good, good. Jimmy pitchfork, young Jimmy pitchfork. So, so as this is a summer episode, I do have to talk about one of the things that I was looking at the other day, and I was looking at the if you were to redraft the 2013 draft, Mm. just what ends up happening. Which which draft was that? That, That's where Greek Freak got got taken pretty pretty low in the in the first round. Mm -hmm. So, highly encourage people to look at that i'll post a link on our writing underscore the yeah. pine account on twitter writing pines i used to love the draft and it's like the potential bug had gotten to me and now i'm just like <laughs> the star driven league and now we have the capability or potential to draw them in to any team really it's like it's the star driven league let the other teams that are not going to let the rebuilding teams build those up and then you buy them out then you bring them in it's true if you can get that done you do it the only problem is if you a can't get it done because nobody wants to go there b you need the infrastructure to develop young players young players only have potential if they're in the right situation that's right and so so many of these teams are shit and like phoenix no one's trying to go to phoenix because they have a shitty infrastructure and no matter who you send down there they're not going to be any better so yeah. the thing is young players and potential is only good if they go to good situations and there's only a handful of teams in the league that can do that that's so right. you gotta you gotta look other other where it's interesting right like philadelphia with uh, ben simmons now as a rookie and markel Fultz. we talked about this a little bit offline as well as online like is he going to be in the right situation in philadelphia or should he actually have gone to boston and did boston fuck up that's right no i mean i think Here's the thing, though. If they keep the number one pick and just draft Fultz with the idea that, hey, we can still trade him after we get the draft pick. Right. He still has, like, almost the same amount of value after if you not, draft him. Right. But if they couldn't, if they whiff on everybody, you still have Markel Fultz. I know. And I you know. get to do, okay, oh, you can't do Fultz and, uh, and uh, Thomas for a year. Yes, you can. Yeah. If you can do Chris Paul and James Harden for a year, you can you do, do Fultz and Thomas for a year. Yeah. And so it's just like it made no fucking sense to me why you would do that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we got to we got to. I think it's time to close out this episode. So I, th- I think we need to close it out with 
the hottest takes that you got. Oh man, this is Can, scorching. This is the, the fucking free, lava. The free agency hot takes are, are coming. <laughs> All right, I got something. I guess LeBron James. He's now going to be a new style of a typology of a player in the NBA. He's now the NBA player consultant. He only needs to play like one every fucking two weeks. <laughs> player, player GM. Because in the Eastern player Conference, but which, first he doesn't so he actually matter. he fills out his timesheet, but then yeah. he, has, he has somebody else verified on the off weeks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that is so good. That's hilarious. Yeah. Um, he's like the player coach, consultant, motivational speaker, <laughs> teaching you how to do a sit-up kind of player, you know, like. One one game a week or one game every two weeks. He doesn't need to play anymore. Just rest him for the playoffs. You're going to be in the playoffs, and then he's going to have that ride. That's what the that's what the East is now. Does Dan Gilbert just like work him into quick in? Or <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> All right, MTG. Here we go. Hottest of the hottest takes for the hottest team in the league. <laughs> Miami Heat. Oh, <laughs> that's it. That's it. Sign. Gordon Hayward. Oh, there it is. Chicago oh. Bulls buy out Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade makes up with Pat Riley, oh. goes back to Miami. What? So you take the borderline eight seed and add what? Gordon Hayward and Dwayne Wade for the reunion for the feel good story of the year. And then Chris Bosch gets oh. cleared to play, <laughs> comes back for Miami, and you have, oh my God. you run back the dynasty, but this time with Gordon Hayward instead of LeBron and all those young pieces. Mm-hmm. Miami. Dude, technology the these days, you can just get an artificial heart. No problem. <laughs> I make, was with you until the Chris Bosch. <laughs> did they make pacemakers for dinosaurs? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Yo, I, this episode I hope by Chicago, Boston Scientific. I hope. <laughs> Kaiser so Permanente. <laughs> I hope they buy out Wayne Wade. I'm, I'm feeling like there's going to be some weird like, hey, you fucked this up. I'm not buying this out. I'm just going to break my pinky and ride this, this $25 million a year. That'd be funny. And terrible. And terrible. Um, but no, I just, yeah, I would love to see Dwayne Wade go back to Miami this year. And what about you know, Cleveland? If he gets bought me, out, you can just get like a min contract and go to Cleveland. He can, or he could go down to Houston, or Melo can go down to Houston, or like sure, whoever, right? Sure. Like you can go, you can go, you can go anywhere. Yeah. But but the thing in Cleveland is like I don't I don't know how that works. How does how does Dwayne Wade come off the bench in Cleveland? Or does he not? Or do you bring Jr. off the bench? Do you bring Jr. Are off the bench? Are you sure? Because Jr. No, was sure. a flamethrower <laughs> in Game Five, a fucking flamethrower. Dwayne great. Wade will never hit that many threes sure. in a ever, finals game ever. But Dwayne Wade off the bench, does he understand his role these days? I don't That's know. What I'm saying. Yeah. So I'm saying he's too proud for that. So you go back, you make up with Pat Riley, you sign some incredible deal, right? Where you get the Alonzo Mourning treatment, where you're going to be in the organization for the next ten years, <laughs> yeah. getting paid on the back end for taking less money now. I got it. Right. Go ahead. I I got my hot take. I got I got I got my hot take. Here it is. The Pelicans. Oh. The Pelicans trade trade Davis and Boogie. What? To LA for a series of movie rights. (laughs) Starring Drew Holiday? For they signed him for the for the right to shoot ten Hollywood movies in New Orleans. (laughs) (laughs) You have to shoot the next Transformers, the next superhero movie. They're only blockbusters. They're only blockbusters. Guaranteed a hundred million plus. The next Star Wars comic book movie and Transformers all have to be shot in New Orleans. Hey, I think uh, who says no? I, says no? I, just, love break? I just don't know. I just don't know how else they they really get it done. Oh, not man. down there. Nah. They have three. They need five. It's not happening. <laughs> so, oh, mo- oh. so movies. It's, so it's movies. It's, so it's movies. Well, then you take the it's, revenue from those movies and you sign LeBron next summer. <laughs> <laughs> you you give LeBron is, you give LeBron the Jack Nicholson deal. So you give, right. you give him a portion of the back end and just let it go. That's right. You give him so like that Star Wars movie is going to be a Billy. You give. LeBron, 500 mil. 500 mil. To come to New Orleans. Who says no? If he gets a chance to be in the Star Wars movie, 
It's Yo. over. It's over. It's a new NBA. Uh, Lebroby one Kenobi. Lebroby. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's outrageous. Uh, quick update as we're getting, you know, as we're in the off season now. In terms of the hair bat, where where do we stand? Okay. Uh, as we as Guy and I have discussed offline, LeBron shaving his head just guaranteed that KD will do this in five years. My only hope is that KD has two more foot surgeries and has to leave the league early. That's the only way I'm going to win this bet. The only way. LeBron's making it okay for grown-ass men to get shave their head again, and I fear, I fear KD will do that. My only hope is that he lives in Silicon Valley and just like in the nexus of like health, bio, informatic care, and they're going to give him like dibs on some treatment for his hair, and he's going to naturally be able to grow it all as much as he oh wants, God. and he gets the Kobe mini fro. Like, Flowy that's... Box. My only hope is that uh, Peter Thiel comes to him with some fucking <laughs> vampire blood scheme that regrows his hair. Oh like, that's God. the only way I'm going to win this bet. Otherwise, I'm going to owe Gee $500 when he does the LeBron thing. <laughs> but if he takes this pill or takes a shot, what are the side effects? Is this game going to suffer? That's you a know? great If question. he grows the fro, is this, is this balance just off? <laughs> is he falling over his head, you know? Gee, okay. as, as you're going to be in Vegas soon, you need to just go around with the Gee's hair salon. Hair salon and just ask the ask the important questions. Yeah, what ask are you doing with your fucking questions? hair? <laughs> <laughs> I I know you guys cover them. Tell me tell me the hair game of your players. Can you can you get like anonymous sources and be like league sources? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I took a straw poll of GMs and they all feel like DeAndre Jordan has the best braids in the league. Like can we can we get something like that? I think that's happening. Can we that? be like oh we feel like Lonzo Ball is uh, the up and coming uh, fade in the NBA this year. <laughs> Uh, it's it's going to be fun. So I, I think we're going to wrap this episode. Uh, in the upcoming weeks, we'll have some... Guy is going to be in Vegas, so we're going to drop... Guy's going to drop some brand new content from Ooh. Vegas for us over the next couple weeks. I'm going to be live on Periscope shooting games, too. Oh, all right. So we'll, we'll post everything up on Ryan underscore The Pine on Twitter. We also will are coming back during the offseason for a, a special Town Talk RTP crossover, crossover nice, episode talking nice. about hip hop and basketball. Ooh. So that should be a lot of fun. So so stay with us. And then, oh my God, we're digging into all the teams, breaking down everything that happened. So stay with us. Stay with Riding the Pine. We out. This has been a Vencast Studios production. Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.